Welcome to Take Another Look with Gerda Felix and Melanie Tadio Malo with a genuine conversation about what's missing from the human connection. Let's join Melanie and Gerda now. Hello, 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 and welcome to Take Another Look podcast. Today, it is our pleasure to be here, not only with you, but we have a guest. And before we start, I want to welcome all of you to Take Another Look podcast, where we see you fully. Today, we will discuss the practice of perseverance. And of course, I have my host with me, the other host. My host is... Melanie Tadio Molo. Gerda, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you, Melanie? Great, great, thanks. And we have with us our interviewee, our guest today. Katile and Kala. Welcome, Katile. Hello, Gerda and Melanie. Wow, thank you for the invitation. I'm excited to be here. We're so happy to have you. Yes, you. yes, we are. <laughs> we are, Katile. Now, tell me, did I pronounce your name properly? Or would you like to tell our our audience, what is the way to pronounce your name? The name is Khatile. The sound is when the palate at the back of the mouth, of the tongue, meets your tongue. So it's Khatile, that way. Khatile. That's wow. the one. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> Merida, we're in going international because Katili is here from South Africa joining us. Yes, isn't that wonderful? It is incredible. So excited. <laughs> Again, <Yes. thank> you. <laughs> welcome, welcome, Katili. I will, of course, have to practice your name before it is perfect on my tongue and in your ears. <laughs> so- <laughs> understandable <laughs> <laughs> now tell us your story the theme today is perseverance and i have a wonderful story to tell of how i got to engage with perseverance in a very real way i signed up to run an ultra marathon. An ultra marathon is anything more than a marathon. So a marathon is 36 miles. An ultra marathon is anything above that. The one I signed up for on the day, we had the whole day to run from sunrise to sunset in order to cover a hilly course of 89.9 kilometers. So I say the 0.9 because it was there in the course. (laughs) So when you round it off, it's 90 kilometers. From sunrise to sunset, we had to cover that in 
no less than 12 hours. And the 89.9 kilometers translates to 56 miles. When you think about it, is you run two full marathons and a five kilometer. So I'm using the metrics of South Africa in a five kilometer in order to make it 56 miles. So you run that in one day. That's where perseverance comes in. Of course, we train to be able to do this on that day. Anybody who signs up for this, you are told you need at least three months of solid training to be able to do this. Now, solid training means that you are given a program on a weekly basis where you need to cover mileage. And the mileage should be enough and you graduate to higher mileage so that your body is able, you first break your body down to be able to carry this amount of mileage. So it's your knees, it's your bones, it's everything, your, your, your arms, your back, everything works to be able to help you to deliver this 56 miles. This three months that you are given, you, are, you do cover the 56 miles in the three months and more. And that's how you know. When you cover more, that's how you know your body is now ready. You've persevered enough. You are ready to deliver this in one day. This that you deliver in three months, you will be able to deliver in one day. So the perseverance includes persevering on the body, but also in the mind. Because Gerda and Melanie, uh, it has been proven that this ultra marathon, even if you are ready physically, but if mentally you are not ready, you will not be able to achieve this. So that's the type of perseverance on course on the day where you go up and down mountains, down valleys, on long stretch roads to be able to cover this 56 miles. That's the type of perseverance that we are talking about. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Tilly, I am in awe, okay, because there's no way I would even consider running a marathon, let alone an ultra marathon. Oh my goodness. So tell me, what made you decide to start marathon, like running marathons, first of all, and then again, what possessed you to do an ultra marathon? Please share. <laughs> Melanie, I love the word you choose, possessed. <laughs> yep. I started with smaller distances, but historically I was a runner at school and I was a sprinter when I was in primary school. I used to do 100 meters. When I then got married, I then thought, let me go back to running. So I started with uh, smaller distances uh, just to keep fit. In running, they always say the bug bites you. So I was bitten by the bug in that I graduated from smaller distances and I increased the distance until I signed up for my first race. And it is at races where you build confidence, where you test your perseverance because you deliver within a specified time. So that is when I started learning, 
you understand your body, you understand your limits, you push to deliver in a specified time, whatever distance that you have signed up for. And that's how you test your perseverance. So that's how I knew that I was bitten by the back. So when I signed up, when you are in a, when I joined a running club and in the club, you are, you know, you are encouraged to graduate. It's like uh, in, in, in Toastmasters, you do level one and you're encouraged to do level two and you're encouraged to do level three. So it's the same way. So in the club, you're encouraged and I was encouraged, sign up for your first marathon. And I said, what? Because I knew a marathon is difficult. But I signed up for one and I finished my marathon within the specified times. Uh, you're normally given five hours to qualify for anything after you have run a marathon. So I ran my first marathon in less than five hours. Then I knew I can persevere, I can deliver, and my mind and my body is able to be pushed towards limits of delivering a full marathon. So that's what happened. But what possessed me to sign up for the <laughs> ultra marathon, especially this type, it was again when my friend said, now you're ready. And they, you know, they say to you, now you're ready <laughs> to run this. It's an international race and it's called Comrades, Comrades Marathon. So they said to me, you're ready to run a Comrades Marathon. Now for any runner, that's your next highest goal that you can run. It is the same path that a Toastmaster would travel. You work hard to become a distinguished Toastmaster, which is the highest accolade. So as a runner, you run marathons, full marathons, and but they're spaced. You can run a full marathon every month, but that's when your body's strong. And I could do that. And they said to me, yeah, now your next goal is to run this ultra marathon, 56 miles. And I said, what? I know that thing, you run the whole day. And I said, yeah, you go the whole day. So what is the problem? <laughs> so that's how I signed up and signed up for this grueling training. The training is grueling. So I had to ask for sabbatical from Toastmasters yeah. so I could be able to focus on, on, on this type of training. Yes. But wow. as I say, you learn perseverance there. Thank you so much wow. for sharing, Gerda. Yes, wow. <laughs> so now you've mentioned training, okay? Can you give yes. us a little bit of ex an example? Walk us through your training, your practice. Can you Can you do that just so that I, who is not a runner, who will not run, who will never run a marathon, understand what you had to go through. <laughs> Indeed. We are given a, a program, a, a weekly program. Monday to Friday, you cover certain distances. You can run with other people or you can run alone. Now, the distances are typically on a Monday we rest, but when you run this ultra marathon, instead of resting, you do what is called active rest. So you do strength training. So I used to spin, spinning or cycling. So I used to do that. Other people use, uh, you know, weights, weight training. And that is because your body, you, you need to also push your body to certain limits that you cannot just push through running. So you supplement that. So you need to do that twice a week on a Monday and a Friday. But so that you are able to persevere this ultra marathon. When your body is stronger enough, on a Monday, when you're supposed to rest. So 
you I spin and in the afternoon, then I cover a distance, a smaller distance of five kilometers. And that's because you know that on the day where you run 12 hours, your body needs to be ready. You need to fetch energy from a bag. Now, where is that bag? You build this bag by doing this. So on a Monday, you do this on a Tuesday, you cover a smaller distance and that we call speed work. In speed work, that's when you push your body to limits and you cannot breathe. And you need to cover about four kilometers. That one, even today, I hate it. <laughs> no one wants to face when you push your body beyond limits. Your mind tells you, you cannot do it, but you need to train yourself to push yourself to over that boundary and say, I can do it. So when we run that, you don't even talk to someone when you finish your crying because you cannot breathe. You believe you cannot breathe. Your chest is hot. You need to do that every week for three months. <laughs> That's the trouble. <laughs> and then on, on, on a Wednesday, you run a longer distance at the, you know, a manageable pace where you can be able to talk to someone. I can run and say, Geta, how are you? So how's your pathways? But I'm running and I'm covering distance. So you, you see, you are trained for those things and you, you, you keep the pace from the beginning of the run to the end. Ladies, if you think about it, it's difficult. And let me explain to you why. You're naturally in your body, when you start running, you may run faster and then you slow down and then you pick up. And, but when you train for this, you, you train to run that pace from the beginning to the end your body at times get tired. And when it does, you, you push yourself to the limit where you maintain the pace. And when the course gets hilly a little bit, so when you go over a gradient, you need to push your body and pick up speed to maintain the pace. So you see, there's a science behind it, but we enjoy it. I'm just sharing the science with you, not to scare you, but I could do it through perseverance. And so can anyone when you train. I love how you are being so <laughs> encouraging. Honestly, I'm just sitting in disbelief and wow. Yes, and the thing is, Melanie, the thing is, I, I know the feeling of not being able to breathe because, you know, I started running sometime, well, when I first came to London, I started running and that feeling for me was so hard. Then I said, no, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> Can you imagine doing it purposefully on purpose? <laughs> yeah, we'll choose something else. <laughs> Again, amazing. Now, Hintzili, can you tell me or share with us how this training, this regiment of training impact or help you in other areas of your life? Yes, absolutely, Melanie. And that's amazing how this type of training shapes the person. I found that I made relationships with people. So even though I belong to a running club, but during the week, I needed to find people around me that I could run with. Because when you run with other people, you commit to something and you stay committed and you show up and you deliver because you promised them that you will show up. Mm-hmm. It shaped me in terms of connecting with others, but also commitment. And that's the part where other people, you know, when you're alone, you can decide 
tomorrow I'm going to run five kilometers. Then in the night, in the morning, when that alarm goes off, you just push it off and go like, ah, then I'll go tomorrow. <laughs> but when you have committed to others, you will wake up and you will show up. Whether it is hot or it's windy or it's cold, you will show up because you're committed to others. But also because you've got a goal that you need to achieve. So that drive and that push has shaped who I am. But the part that I love is this. To train for a marathon, you do plan ahead and do all sorts of the things that I shared with you. But for this international comrades marathon, your planning steps up to the next level, the level that you never thought that you would. Because you need to plan in advance what you're going to eat, how you're going to eat it, when in the race you're going to eat it, and you know you need to go get it. So you stack it and you have it with you. So you plan in advance. You will never wake up two days before this ultramarathon and realize I don't have one, two, three. Everything is planned way ahead. So it brings your planning to the next level. And it also brings your execution to the next level because you need to strategize all the time when you are training. When you realize that this training didn't go well, when I was covering a lot of distance, you come back to the drawing board. Believe me, you look at your times, you look at your pace, you, re you realize, what did I drink here? Oh, maybe this drink is not good for me. And you try something else. Oh, I didn't eat well in the morning. You try something else so that you can deliver to the level where you are required to deliver so you can meet that goal. So you see, everything is done incrementally, but you can only do it because you strategize, you plan so that you can execute at that dry level for this ultra marathon. So it changed me. It changed who I am. I'm a different person. So do you notice that transferring in like your professional life or your personal life, has that impacted it? Absolutely. I First, I realized that I've got a drive that I never thought I had. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nothing in my mind is not doable. I realized that I could do this. If I put my mind to it, I could do it. But I also found that I became very organized because a day has got 24 hours. I have family. I have a, a professional life. And I have a running life. All that I had to fit into the 24 hours. And I found that because I told myself nothing must suffer in this planning. I got it right. But most of all, what surprised me is I got my support from my family because they thought, mommy, you're going to do this. And my husband said, are you sure you are going to be able to do this? And I said, yes, I will. But the support from them, I also found that with support, you can be able to do this. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I was listening to you. And as I was listening to you, I thought, first of all, you have to be intentional about yes. what you want to accomplish. And I thought, wouldn't it be something if that's the way we approach life? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And this is such a good recipe for how to do life. Because, you know, in every moment, you need to know 
what is the goal and where you need to go. So that was so well said and explained, Katile. Now, here's my, well, I have a question, which is not really, it is a question. What tips would you give someone going through a tough time as they are on this journey, whether it is running or life, someone who is ready to quit? What tips would you give them? Gerda, that question is so, you know, true, especially with this type of running and ultramarathon that I did. Believe me, if you are going to run the whole day from sunrise to sunset, the whole <laughs> 12 hours, and it is a difficult course, it is very difficult. Now, your body, we, physiologically, you can only train to reach a certain level and you are advised not to go beyond so that you, are, you can come back and run the ultra marathon on the day. So believe me, when you get to the point where you trained, physiologically, you are fine. Now it is the mental game. Now it's mind over matter. That's the part that's difficult. So I wanted to start there so I can come back to your question. In life, when you are hit with difficulties, I may call it a speed bump. You need to think about how to navigate around the problem. So you need to, first you need to understand what that problem is. And that's, how, that's what I learned during the marathon. When I'm running the course, and coincidentally, it is after 75 kilometers. So it's about, it's about 60, 60 some, no, 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 sorry. It's the 56 miles. So after 40 something miles, that's when your body has broken down. Your, your everything is aching. But you look at the time you, that you need to cover before the bell rings. And you, need, you look at the amount of mileage that you still need to cover. And you only have your mind to do it. That's life. You look at what you have. So you, you see, I've unpacked the problem. I knew what my problem was. So in life, when you hit that speed bump, First, understand what your problem is. And then you look at what you have. What do I have? When I'm running, I only have my, my mind and I can drink whatever I need to drink, but I now need to tell my mind that I can do it. I trained for this and I start looking, remembering my family is behind me. They were waking up with me and my husband came with me. We traveled 600 kilometers to come and run this. I paid because we paid, we pay a lot of money. <laughs> So you think about those things and I say, I, I must do this. So in life, you look at what you have. If you've got support, you've got family, you've got friends, when you hit the speed bump, if you are able to call a friend or share your story with someone, look at what resources you can have to solve that problem. When we are running that ultra marathon all the time, on course, you are solving problems. Your knees are sore, your ankles are sore, your certain muscles are sore. There are people along the way that are supporting you. So you ask for, can I please have salt? Because we eat salt, because otherwise we cramp a lot. In life, you will phone Gerda, Gerda, I have this problem. So you become intentional about how to solve it. So that's what you need to do. Be understand your problem, unpack it, look at what you have that you can use to solve the problem. If what you have is not enough, look outside to your support network. Call Gerda, have a Gerda in your life. 
or a melanin in your life, call them, connect with them for that support that they may give you to solve the problem. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Gatili. <laughs> Words of wisdom for sure. Now, it's done now. Reflecting back, we always learn lessons in life. Now, can you share with us the lessons that you have learned after taking some time to reflect on the training, like so the preparation during the race and after? What lessons have you learned? I want to tell you, I learned that I was mad signing up that thing. <laughs> First realization. <laughs> <laughs> but the second realization is let me tell you, I'm signing up for the next one. I'm going again next year. <laughs> but the lessons in life that I have thought about and realized that these are the lessons I have learned that. If you put your mind to something, you can do it. You just need to look around you. If you need resources, find them. If you need wisdom from others, go get it. If you need other types of resources, get them. So you are able to achieve what you need to achieve. Set your goal. And then go back and set milestones. And I remember when Gera gave this lesson to us in some other setting at a club, when you were talking about strategy, Gera. Look at what your goal is. And my goal was to run such a marathon. But there were certain things I needed to put in place as milestones to be able to help me to gradually graduate from each milestone until I got to a point where I could touch the goal. And I knew I was ready to do it. And that's when I went and lined up at sunrise for that ultra marathon. And I said, I was ready. The other lesson that I learned was be intentional. Then you said that get earlier in the discussion, be intentional if you want to achieve your goal. So in all the steps that and milestones and decisions that you will be making and meeting people and of spending money, you need to be intentional because it is that intention that will help you to reach the goal that you are trying to reach in the long run. If you're not intentional, you will be haphazard in the way that you do things and your mind will be all over. Remember, everything is in your mind. So you need to structure things so that you are able to achieve what you envision to achieve so those are the lessons that but the other lesson that i've learned is when it's not easy that must never define me and i say this because when we train for this marathon we train very hard and when we go and line up we tell ourselves we are ready and must never doubt that you're ready then you give up everything to whatever happens on the day and whatever happens, you will still come back to the drawing board. You, you have a knee problem. You will run to somebody who is a second, you call them seconders, a supporter or a volunteer who's holding something that tells you, I can rub your knee for you. And that's the beauty about this, that we depend on people who just come out to support us. So when you hit that speed bump, look out and 
go to that person. Be intentional, go, because you need to recover and stay on course. Stay focused, stay on course. And you'll be able to achieve. Those are the lessons that, that I've learned. Thank you. Valuable lessons. Gerda? Yes, very valuable lessons. Now, you've mentioned this a couple of times, so that's why I'm, I'm going back to it. You've mentioned the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. Yes. And of course, family and the different people who are with you. Give us an example of, give us an example of their voice in your ears when you need them. Going from your husband, perhaps, to your children, to whoever's there on the same day with you. Give us an example. Thank you, Gerda. And let me tell you, for you to be able to run this, you need a technical team, technical support. I used to call it technical support. So I've got a physiotherapist who is an ultra marathon finisher herself. Uh, that's the person who said to me, we are going to run this. And I went, we, we, what do you mean we? She's not running, but she's telling me we. <laughs> so she was the first person who planted this seed in my mind. <laughs> and every time I go to her for her to look at how I'm going, and she says, right, so we are ready for the next marathon. So that we is the thing that helped me. So the, the voice, the we, that tells you we are in this together. It's something that helps that you need. Because every time I got off the bed of the physiotherapist, I used to walk out believing that I can do it. <laughs> because she planted the seed in my mind that we are going to run this. We are going to finish this. <laughs> my family, I think they were very worried. And they didn't want to show me. So when, because they understood the enormity of this race. We understand and we see it on television when people are crawling to the finish line, when the body is breaking down and people lose uh, you know, sight of where they're going and they start going sideways because physiologically you cannot take it anymore. And so my family said, you want to put yourself through this? So in terms of voices of support, they told me on the day I was traveling because I had to leave my hometown to go to the starting line. And I, I, stayed, I stayed there for three days before the race. When I left, my children said to me, Mommy, we believe in you. We know that you can do it. Wow, Mom, but you are strong. And you've trained for this. You can do it. Those are the messages that I got from them. I have friends that I run with in my neighborhood. The ones that I say to you, I committed to them. And when the alarm goes off, I used to wake up and go and train with them. And none of them did the marathon and none of them signed for it, but they were supporting me to run because they were running just for fun, but they woke up with me. Their, their support and their messages of support, which were, my friend, but you've got guts. That's when I realized, what did I sign up for? <laughs> <laughs> and I said to them, what do you mean? But we can do this. No, 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 no. We, we, we ain't doing this. No, 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 no. It's got its own people, this thing. <laughs> there are voices when they said to me, but you've got guts, my friend. And then they, they, they did a send-off, breakfast send-off for me, which was a surprise, a beautiful surprise. And let me tell you quickly what it was. The cake had my race number on it. It was the first time that I started digesting my race number. 
because I was engrossed in training and training and training. And when I saw that cake with my race number, I cried because they got the race number, you know, deviously from me. Get <laughs> <laughs> pictures of my running shoes because they knew the running shoes that I picked for the day. So you pick them and then you put them away. You'll see them on the day you run the ultra. But that was beautiful for me. And the message they gave me was, go and do it, my friend. But most of all, go and enjoy it. You are lining up for this. We believe in you. Not many people get to the starting line. And that I always remember. Hmm. Wow. Thank you, Gatili. It does take a village to accomplish monumental goals. And I'm glad that you had this village with you. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you. What a journey of preparation, perseverance throughout the race. And now, of course, reflecting back and looking back and planning again for next year. And wow. Can you share with us, who have you become? Melanie, I have become a person who when I set my goal, I first think about that goal. And when I set my eyes on the goal, I then think about what I need to have. What does it take to achieve the goal? Something I never used to think deeply about, but now I do. And it is out of the experience that I had in this journey. And then I set milestones on how to get there. And then I get intentional on how to get there. So I've become this person. When I loosely put it, I say to my friends, I say, now I'm organized. Now I can face anything. Now I'm gutsy. Now I say that to my family. And when I hit something that's difficult, I used to say to them, this is like comrades. And they go like, oh, we are tired of this. <laughs> but I show the type of intensity and difficulty of the goal. And I say the perseverance that I need to have is at the level of the perseverance of running this ultramarathon called Comrades. So I have become that person who is strong, who is gutsy, who is courageous, who is organized, who envisions something and puts my mind on it, intentional, and I achieve it. What a beautiful journey and perseverance definitely has done you well. And you, what a lesson for us all to learn from. Gerda, is that <laughs> favorite time? I'm, I'm still in awe. And no. I, I tell you, the fact you're going back is amazing. Good for you. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I, I have one more question. Okay. I'll make it two if I can. Sure. And then we will move to the rapid fire because we have rapid fire after. Oh. So my question is, well, my questions are, <laughs> okay. are there any regrets and what is next for you? In this journey of this ultra marathon, I, I made a mistake. And it's, they call it a rookie mistake. It means that a mistake that is done by somebody who's new in, in, in this, who's not experienced. 
and that I chose the wrong socks for the day. So I ran 12 hours in the socks and on the 9, 10, 11, yeah, the 10th hour, I started feeling the heat on the soles of my feet. And I didn't realize what it was until when it was so, I realized that, ah, I've got blisters and my skin has opened. It's something manageable. I'm here today, so I don't want to scare you. (laughs) I can walk. This morning I ran. (laughs) I'm running again tomorrow. So it's, it's, it's those things that runners go through. So that's the, I regret having chosen those socks. But guess what? I went back to the drawing board. I asked and they told me, no, no socks. That material is not good enough. You, you, you were going to feel it anyway closer to the finish line. So that's the, that's the regret I have. But otherwise, I have no other regrets. I have feelings of accomplishing something, of triumph, of disbelief that I could do that. When I look at, and if I can give you statistics, 80% of the runners, more than 80%, it's about 89% of the runners of this International Comrades Marathon are males. Only 11% are females. When I look back at the fact that I was one of the females at my age of 53, that I signed up and I lined up at the 100th Comrades Marathon installation. I am in awe of who I've become. So I do not have any regrets. Instead, triumph accomplishments. Wow. Wow. Well said. And what is next? Another one. Another one. one. <laughs> tell you, my, my plan was to run the comrade once. My next was to do deep sea diving. You know, I've done um, <laughs> aeroplane uh, skydiving. And so my next was to do comrades and then deep sea. So I was signing up. First, I don't know how to swim. So that was, you see how int- I was going to be intentional. <laughs> that was my next. And now with this bug having bitten me, I'm signing up for comrades. And that's why I'm running now. I'm training for the next one in June. But I thought about this. So I'm still going to do deep sea diving before I get into the three-month period of rigorous training. I need to have dived and experienced the life under the ocean. And I know I will do it. Wow. That's my next. <laughs> my goodness. Not only perseverance, Gerda, I'm telling you, fearless, fearless. <laughs> That's amazing. That's and committed. Yes. Wow. Wow. Thank and you. Now, Thank you. It's the rapid fire. But that you doesn't didn't even prepare her for this, Gerda. I'm just mentioning this. Okay? No, I, I don't. I usually don't prepare any. <laughs> Any guess for the rapid fire? The rapid fire means that I give you something. It could be a word. It could be a sentence. And then you tell me what comes first to your mind. And it has to be quick. That's what it is. Quick. 
Oh, it has to be quick. It can't, it can't be two sentences. It's like one from one word to maybe one sentence, but it can be two sentences or even one sentence with semicolon. <laughs> it sounds difficult. <laughs> it's not fun. Are you ready? As can be. Okay. Perseverance is knowing that even if it's difficult, but you will do it with all that you have in you. An experience that brings you joy. When my family realized when they tracked me on a tracker and they realized that I am now reaching a comfortable zone where I will be able to touch the metal. They sent me messages. And of course, I sent, I saw the messages afterwards. You did it. <laughs> the worst advice you have heard or been given. <laughs> yeah, be intimate the night before the race. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I get that one. <laughs> a, lesson, a lesson that you need to finally learn. Failure does not define who you are, but it just signals to you to go back to the drawing board, reshift, readapt and get on with it. And what, what do you need to take another look at? I need to look at my goals. My next was deep sea diving. Now I need to remove, rework my timelines because I'm signing up for another Comrades Marathon. I need to look at how do I fit in this deep sea diving because I want to achieve it in the year 2020, before 2023. Okay. Now, before we move, we close, I have asked Gatili to give me five things that she experienced through her senses in the last week. And here was her answer. I had the privilege of seeing running club mates in their suits and gowns at a dance celebration where we celebrated our ultra marathon achievements. That was one. Two, the smell of fresh paint on the walls of my house, because they are painting right now. Three, today I tasted the most wonderful shrimp curry at a conference I attended. Four, I was saddened by my discovery that my skin, the skin on my face is becoming dry. I now have to put more effort into looking after myself. And five, I felt nostalgic. On Saturday, I heard the most wonderful hit songs that my husband used to play for us during hard 
hard lockdown as he played our house DJ. Now that I've said all this to you, because I wanted to bring this back to your memory. Yes. What does that say about you? Yeah. It says that I appreciate the senses that I have, visual sense, taste, smell, touch. So I appreciate them and I am I am aware of them. And I use them or, or experiencing them helps me to be aware of my surroundings. And surroundings may also be my family or my surrounding my home, uh, my friends of the running club. So I, I use, I use, I'm aware of those senses and I, I benefit from them as they make me aware and appreciate my surroundings. <laughs> oh, Gatile. Katile and Kala, thank you for this beautiful interview. Thank Melanie. you so much for joining us. I've learned so much about what perseverance means through your eyes. And it was such an amazing journey. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, ladies, for having me. And persevering listening to my story. <laughs> I really appreciate your questions and how you successfully made me share the story in a way that I also enjoyed it. Thank you very much. <laughs>